This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. From J-Lo to Kobe Bryant to Bill Gates, everybody is doing it. Meditation can be the gateway to not only freeing your mind and finding inner peace in a busy world, but it's also being used by people at the top of their game to enhance performance and boost creativity. Today we're asking, what is meditation and how do you do it right? Dr. Nikita O'Leary from Lighthouse Arabia joins me next here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. In today's technology-busy and driven world, there's often little time to slow down and reflect. Many are turning to mindfulness and meditation to feel present in their own body, a practice that has roots in Buddhism, but is increasingly becoming popular globally. From Bill Gates to Beyonce, everyone seems to be meditating in one form or another, whether it's to relieve stress and anxiety, to center the mind and the body, to relieve pain, to increase creativity, or to enhance day-to-day performance for business people and elite athletes. Meditation is becoming a daily practice that many can't do without. To tell us more, it is so great to welcome into the studio Dr. Nikita O'Leary, clinical psychologist at The Lighthouse Arabia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. Now, um, I I, want to start with uh, Bill Gates, first of all. He wrote an article about this um, at the end of last year, all about meditation. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I read it, it kind of reflected how I felt about it Mm -hmm. as well. And I I just wanted to share his thoughts first up. He said, um, I stopped listening to music and watching TV in my 20s. It sounds extreme, but I did it because... I thought they would just distract me from thinking about software. The blackout period lasted only about five years, and these days I'm a huge fan of TV shows, including Narcos, listening to you two, Willie Nelson and The Beatles. He said, back when I was avoiding music and TV in the hope of maintaining my focus, I knew that lots of other people were using meditation to achieve similar ends, but I wasn't interested. I thought of meditation as a woo-woo thing, died somehow to reincarnation and I just didn't buy into it. Lately though, I've gained a much better understanding of meditation. I'm certainly not an expert, but now I meditate two or three times a week for about 10 minutes each time. Melinda meditates too. Sometimes we sit and we meditate together. We use comfortable chairs. He says, there's no way I could do the lotus position. (laughs) Um, He says, Now I see that meditation is simply exercise for the mind, Mm -hmm. similar to the way that we use exercise for our muscles when we play sports. For me, it has nothing to do with faith or mysticism. It's about taking a few minutes out of my day, learning how to pay attention to the thoughts in my head and gaining a little bit of distance from them. So this is really interesting because 15 years ago, um, I was uh, in a work environment where I was surrounded by psychologists as well. Uh, and one of them decided to uh, lead a meditation for the team as a, a team exercise. And I was like, 
You know, it in in a group when everyone's asked to close their eyes, yes. there's always that one person who's peeking. That was me, <laughs> going, "What is going on? What are we doing? What is this? Why are we doing this?" Mm-hmm. However, this is big now, Dr. Nikita. Yes. So, talk to us. What what is meditation, first of all? So, I would describe meditation as a skill to help us strengthen and even transform our minds. So, I agree completely with what Bill Gates was saying. It's really similar to exercise. We exercise to strengthen our physical body and meditation is a is an exercise to help us strengthen our minds. Um, and the more we do it, the stronger our minds become. And when I talk about our minds being strong, it's really thinking about cultivating different kind of skills. So meditation can help us improve our concentration, our sense of clarity. It can even impact our emotional positivity. Um, it can help us become more aware. It can give us a sense of different kind of perspective. Um, and it also helps us connect to our inner worlds. There's so much going on inside of us and because we're so busy and fast paced, a lot of the time we're not aware of all of this stuff that's happening. And meditation just helps us tune in to what's going on inside. And also it can help us connect with other people as well because we get to actually feel ourselves and feel others. So yeah, I think it's a really good skill to help us cultivate all of those types of things. You know, it's interesting um, that you say that it, it is something um, that helps us listen to our mm. inner voice, what's going on inside. If When you do it for the first time, like that particular time when I was trying but not really trying yes. to meditate, <laughs> it can feel very noisy. Yes. It, it, it can, you know, that they say you need to clear your mind, mm-hmm. you need to just think about what's going on inside, mm. listen to your inner thoughts, listen to your breathing. Mm-hmm. But actually it can be really distracting and really difficult to yes. focus so how how do you do it properly? Yes, I think um, especially when you're trying meditation for the first time, that's a really common experience. It was also my experience too when I first was introduced to meditation about 12 years ago. Um, I didn't understand it at all because I wasn't able to be in the present moment. I couldn't. I could, I could hear my breathing, but I could also hear a million other thoughts as well. Um, and what I realized is that my mind, so much of the time, was either thinking about the past or worrying about the future. And meditation is asking us to just be in the present and not focus on those things. But it's not necessarily asking us to clear our minds completely. So this is what I would say is one of the myths about meditation, is that when you do it, your mind is supposed to become completely empty. Because actually, that's really hard. That's you know? impossible, <laughs> yeah. especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mind thinks. That's the yes. purpose of the mind. So to say to somebody that you have to empty your mind completely and there's nothing in there is, yeah, quite an impossible task. And what meditation is really trying to help us do is just be present in the moment. And there are different types of meditations. Um, and some are about helping us get some space between our thoughts and our feelings and all of that noise. Not necessarily pushing it away and not engaging in it, but just noticing that it's there and still bringing yourself back to the present moment every time your mind starts to wander off with those thoughts or feelings. Mm. And it takes a lot of practice to be able to do that. But the goal, well, there's never really a goal with meditation. It's more about being in the moment. So the idea that there's a goal that you have to get to a clear mind is, is I would say, a bit of a, a myth. Right. And there are other types of meditation that actually are more kind of non-directive and will encourage you to go along with some of these thoughts in your mind as a way of um, processing them, as a way of self-healing, as a way of gaining enlightenment, as a way of finding out what's going on inside of you. Yeah. So there are so many different types 
it's quite hard to say what should or shouldn't be going on in your mind whilst you're sat meditating. Yeah, talk, talk to us about the, the benefits of meditation. So there are lots of different benefits to meditation. And I think whilst you're, whilst you're in meditation during the practice, it's quite common for people to feel less stressed. I think that's a big one. Um, more accepting of life generally, more accepting of ourselves. Um, and lots of people report just a greater sense of peace or even relaxation. Um, and I think this, a common myth exists with um, meditation and relaxation. So even though meditation can be relaxing, it's not the same as relaxation. So often, Ooh, yeah, when we, um, often when we engage in relaxation practices, our aim is to completely relax our body and, body and minds. And, you know, if we fall asleep, that's great. Whereas with meditation, yes, we're going to relax because it's reducing our stress, but actually it's more about awakening, being awake to the present moment, whether that's what you're experiencing physically in your environment, what you're experiencing in your head or what you're experiencing in your body. It's quite different in that sense to relaxation. So that's the benefits during the practice. And then after the practice, the research shows that there are so many different benefits when it comes to physical health. Um, Regular meditators show signs of uh, lower blood pressure, lower heart rate, and all of these things kind of lead to a decreased level of cortisol in our body. So cortisol is the stress hormone. If we have high cortisol, then we're, we're really stressed out, and we know that stress can have a negative impact on our physical and mental health. If our cortisol levels are lower, which we can achieve through meditation, um, then we're less stressed, which means that we'll have less impact on our physical health, less likely to have any kind of mental illnesses or mental ill health. Um, and we see the results in psychological well-being as well. So people who suffer with symptoms of depression or anxiety um, often find that with meditation, those symptoms decrease drastically. Um, and there's so much research out there to kind of prove these benefits. It is so interesting. You know, uh, it feels like meditation can be used for a whole variety of purposes like yes. you said there's so many different ways of doing it when we come back we're going to be uh, hearing from uh, some of those people who do meditate who are quite famous including jennifer lopez kobe bryant as well uh, and interestingly george mumford who is a meditation coach for the likes of people like michael jordan quite amazing uh, we're really interested in exploring this dr nikita is here more to come next the heart of shaja this is pulse 95 95 heart of shaja live beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 Talking all things meditation with uh, Dr. Nikita O'Leary of Lighthouse Arabia this morning. And um, Dr. Nikita, this is really, uh, it's, a, it's a topic that we really need to address because everybody is uh, doing it. Um, but how many different types of meditation are there? If we looked at every single different type of meditation, there are hundreds. There are so many different ways to meditate. And I think that's a really good thing about meditation because there are so many different types. It's available to everybody and people can practice one type. And if it doesn't resonate with them, they can try a different type of meditation. Um, but there are some broad categories. So the way that I would distinguish between different types of meditation, the first um, distinction is between a guided meditation or a non-guided meditation. Mm. So there are lots of um, ways to do a guided 
guided meditation, the way that I would recommend first is to have a meditation teacher, to go to a course or to go to a group where you can actually learn from another person who's very experienced in their own meditation how to meditate. Um, and then when you come across any problems, that person's there to help you. If for whatever reason you don't have availability to a teacher, there are lots of apps that are around these days that people use. It's interesting because um, Bill Gates said the same thing. Yes. He, he said, I, I'd read so many books on meditation but mm. it seemed intimidating to me he actually yeah. said it felt intimidating it looked like i had to to spend way more time mm. actually doing meditation than you know i, I really wanted to yeah. invest into it um but then he found a headspace yes and so for him um andy put a comb um, the 46-year-old founder and the, the voice of Headspace, actually. Mm. Um, he was the one who introduced Bill to it. Ah, okay. And kind of, you know, when you make it into an app, and that's the thing, people are like, oh, my God, do I have to put my phone down <laughs> <laughs> when I meditate? Well, no. If, if you, that there, are, there are other apps, Calm, yes. Headspace. Uh, and so, you know, when, when the kind of the entry point is easier yeah. for people it can become something that you can mm -hmm. incorporate into your life a definitely. bit better, right? Yeah, definitely. I think we're so you know, driven by our phones these days, we do everything for our phone, that having an app that can help us meditate is really useful. And there are loads out there, Headspace is amazing. There's another one I really like called Insight Timer, um, because there's so many different meditations on there, all uploaded by different people, mm. and all the different styles of meditation you can, you can find on that app. Um, yeah, and then the other the other distinction I would make would be non-guided meditation. So yes, we can use our phones, we can use apps, we can use teachers, but we can also have our meditative practice without any of those things. And this might sound a bit uh, scary to someone who's never meditated before, um, but just being alone in silence with our thoughts, with our breath, um, and really just practicing being in that moment. And it doesn't have to be in silence. There might be some music playing or you might have some sounds to tune into to help you be in the present moment. Um, but that type of meditation is a bit freer and you're just sitting with yourself and, and seeing what happens, noticing how it feels to be present in the moment. Uh, it, it can feel scary because yes. you're like, and then you start thinking about, you know, dinner that you're supposed to be getting yes. up to make uh, or picking up the kids or, you know, work the next day or something. All of those thoughts can tend to creep in. What what would be your advice to somebody who's got that going on? Yes. A mind that never stops. It's a really common experience. When we try and quieten the mind, everything comes in. Um, my biggest advice for that would be to use as many tools as you possibly can. So use a diary, use your calendars, use your to-do lists to get everything that you need to do out onto paper. And once it's on paper, you don't need to have it in your head anymore. So we have this, a lot of us have this underlying belief that if we're not thinking about it or if we're not worrying about it, we're gonna forget it mm. or it's not gonna happen. But actually all that you know, overthinking and worrying about what we need to do does is make us feel more stressed and more anxious. But if it's on paper, we know we're not gonna forget it. We can come back to that paper or if you use an electronic calendar, we can come back to that device and remember the things that we need to do. But for that moment when you're meditating, you give yourself that space to allow some of those thoughts to, to pass by. And we're not necessarily trying to push them away in meditation. We're just trying not to engage in them too much. We're mm. trying to get some space from them. Th there are so many different types of meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, touched upon some of those there. Energy balancing yes. meditation. Talk to me about that. So energy balancing meditation is, um, so it's actually one of the groups that we have at the Lighthouse Arabia. It's a monthly meditation practice 
practice and it's really about moving the energy around our bodies so in our bodies we have lots of different energy centers and different therapists and different healers will work with the energy centers in different ways but essentially the concept is that sometimes our energy centers get blocked so our energy should be moving around our bodies quite freely, but if it gets stuck in an energy center, it can cause so many different problems. Mm. So it can cause us to have physical health problems, it can cause us stress, anxiety. It can even cause us to just show up in our lives a different way, perhaps in a way that we're not enjoying, or it can cause difficulties in our ability to relate to other people, depending on where exactly the energy is stuck. So with energy sort of healing meditation, it helps us to unblock these centers and it gets our energy flowing around our body better and when our energy is flowing better we feel more balanced and when we feel more balanced we're able to show up in our lives the way that we want to it's so interesting uh, a lot of people uh, high performance uh, athletes and uh, celebrities uh, do this JLo if you have ever wondered how on earth JLo does everything that she does well apparently it is down to meditation here she is uh, on uh, the Oprah Winfrey show a few years back talking about it. Sitting here with Jennifer Lopez, she says she has lived the entire year in only hotels. So we were wondering how she manages to keep balance with such a hectic schedule. And for today's Remembering Your Spirit, we caught up with Jennifer at the beautiful Peninsula Hotel in New York, and she showed us how she does it. Take a look. It's hard to stay grounded when, you know, you're, I've been living out of hotels for almost a year and a half now. Just the whole thing of, of being in the public eye and people scrutinizing you, all that's a, a lot to deal with. When things get really crazy, I like to take a minute alone. I was always the type of person that was afraid to be alone. So I had to learn how to really embrace that. I think meditation helped me very much, just connecting to who I am and knowing who I am. And the way I do that is by really just, you know, centering myself and taking time for myself um, to, to connect. To me, the thing with this type of job, it's, it becomes your life, you know. So your life is your job, and you can't separate the two, which is really tough. My Latin spirit is probably what makes me passionate about whatever I'm passionate about. There is no other word that embodies the Latin culture as well as the word passion, you know. It's something from when we like love hard, we hate hard, we dance hard, we eat hard, everything's, you know, just like to the 10th power, you know. And that comes from having a deep passion from within. Uh, and I just feel like that's what the culture is. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. I meditate every day. I meditate every day. And um, um, it, I normally takes, I do it in the mornings and uh, I do it for about 10 to 15 minutes. And uh, I, I think it's important because it just, it, it, it sets me up for the rest of the day. You know, it helps me, it's like, it's like, it's like having an anchor. You know, it's, it's um, if I don't do it, I feel like I'm constantly chasing the day as opposed to being able to be controlled and dictate the day. Not that you're, you know, calling the shots on what comes forward, but the fact that I am set and ready for whatever may come my way. You know, I have a calmness about whatever comes my way and a poise. Um, and that comes from starting the morning off with meditation. That is so interesting. That's Kobe Bryant talking about his own meditation practice. We were just chatting in the break, uh, Dr. Nikita, and you said exactly the same thing mm. about how meditation 
impacts you and, and, and how you benefit from it. Jennifer Lopez, we heard from her as well. You know, this is how she manages to do the gazillion things that she has going on in her life as well. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about, you know, how meditation can actually transform our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so meditation, the aim is not necessarily to be calmer, but it does have that effect on us. And when we feel calmer, it's a lot easier to cope with the stresses of the day. And I know for myself, when I first started trying to make meditation a regular practice, it felt like an extra thing to put on my to-do yes, list. Yes. And I felt like I didn't have time for that. You're like, it's a chore. Exactly. It's something else I have to do. Yeah. But when I did start making time for it, I noticed that actually it felt like I had more time in my day. Um, I noticed that I was less stressed. I wasn't rushing as much. I felt that I had more time to respond to anything that came my way. So before I was meditating, I was reacting to everything. You know, I wasn't in the present moment. I was just reacting to people, to the things that I needed to do and kind of working on this high alert um, autopilot mode whereas with regular meditation practice everything slows down a little bit so it, it takes a while to start feeling the benefits outside of the meditation but when you do everything slows down I walk a bit slower I talk a bit slower if somebody speaks to me there's a there's a pause in between where I can really hear what they're saying and think about how I'm going to respond rather rather than just react emotionally or react with the first thing that comes out of my mouth mm. so it really gave me much more space in my day that's it's really counterintuitive when mm-hmm. you when you think about it and talk about it yeah how 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 does it do that I just you know it's it's is it is it that thing of kind of allowing you to to kind of pause and Mm. think and reflect or yeah Yeah, I think there's a couple of things one of the the main uh, mechanisms that I would talk about is the way that meditation affects our brain structure so with regular meditation practice our amygdala can actually shrink and the amygdala is the part of our brain that focuses or kind of um, deals with our anxiety it's the part of our brain that makes us feel fear it's the part of our brain that ignites the fight flight or freeze response in us so when we're presented with stimuli all the time in our daily lives the amygdala can often be activated and it makes us react from this place of fear and anxiety but with regular meditation we can shrink the, the amygdala so we don't react with that fearful anxious response as much and that means that we actually are able to breathe and we're able to respond. Regular meditation also affects other areas of our brain that are involved in um, concentration, awareness um, and learning and memory and all of these things when they're working at a higher level allow us actually to slow down and just interpret our space and our worlds in different ways. And I think that the best thing about having that space is the impact it has on our relationships with other people. Mm. So whether it's your children that are, you know, not listening to you or having tantrums or whether it's your your friend that you're having difficulties with. When we have that space in between the other person's um, speech or emotions, we can choose how we respond. Mm. When we don't have that space, we end up shouting at the kids getting in an argument with our friend um, because this is what we do as humans we react to things but with meditation we can choose how we respond that is so interesting I love that um, you mentioned kids just now um, we're hearing about meditation more and more in schools yes. as well as part of mindfulness practices so talk to us about you know kids and meditation how how young 
um, can somebody meditate? Because <laughs> we're hearing about kids. So how how little, from, from what age can you actually start meditating? Mm. It's a really good question. Um, there's lots of evidence to suggest that children can start uh, meditating from about two years old. Yeah. And it looks different. To when adults meditate so often with adults we're sat and we're you know being present and perhaps we're breathing or listening to to music and sometimes it can look like that with children but sometimes with children we we try and get them into a meditative state but in a way that um, excites them more in a way that they actually want to engage so it might be in the form of a game or a story or a role play but our aim is still the same is to get them to be in that present moment and I think the type of meditation that works really well with children is mindfulness meditation because there are so many different different ways to practice mindfulness. So mindfulness is a type of meditation where you can sit and meditate and and practice being mindful in that moment, mindful of your body, mindful of your thoughts, mindful of your breath, Just mindful of your feelings. Just thinking what's going on right now. Exactly. Without yeah. thinking about what is ahead for yes. you and what is gone, what, yeah. what has happened before. Yeah, because what's in the past and what's in the future doesn't actually exist in this moment. All that exists in, in this moment right now is this present moment. So when we're thinking about the past or the future, we're just thinking about things that we don't actually have any control over. All we have control over is, is the present. So with mindfulness, it's about bringing us into that present awareness. And sometimes we use anchors like the breath. We always have our breath. So we always have an anchor. We can be mindful anywhere, whether we're meditating or whether we're driving or whether we're um, at work or out for dinner. If you tune into your breath, you can bring yourself into the present moment. So the breath is a really good tool for mindfulness meditation. Um, and kids kids respond to that. Kids can, can learn that very well. And there are lots of different techniques to help kids really, really engage with that in fun ways. Because at the moment, um, I, I don't know, you know, there, there are lots of possible reasons, but we're seeing kids a lot more anxious yes. than they used to be so mm-hmm. so mindfulness meditation is something that um that can tune into that yes and control that definitely um i think there's because mindfulness is becoming so so popularized in modern culture there sometimes is like a bit of a, a myth or a bit of a risk of people thinking that mindfulness is going to cure the anxiety in in a child or even in an adult and actually that's that's not necessarily the case mindfulness is a tool it's a practice that can definitely help young people and adults with their anxiety to help lower stress um but if a child is presenting with severe anxiety symptoms or even moderate anxiety symptoms, and I would recommend therapy for the child as well as practicing mindfulness. But mindfulness is something that you can do in schools with children. It's something that you can do at home as a family with the kids. Um, or it's something that you can do at, at a centre like the Lighthouse Arabia. So interesting. It's fascinating. We are going to be coming back in just a moment and talking about how we can actually integrate mindfulness Mm -hmm. and meditation into our daily lives more to come next this is pulse 95 it's a shasha story live beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 Success is being and expressing yourself and hopefully in the service of helping others. George Mumford is literally a professional game changer. 
By teaching mindfulness meditation to athletes at the highest level, he's helped some of the world's fiercest competitors go deeper and discover a performance enhancer they didn't know they were missing. I can't say that I came to mindfulness because I was intellectually stimulated. I came to mindfulness because I was in a lot of pain. For a number of years, I was pursuing excellence, but there wasn't a lot of grace and ease in it. It was more of this striving, lone warrior mentality. And I was self-medicating because I had migraine headaches and back pain. I was in recovery from substance abuse, and I started studying and practicing mindfulness. That gave me an ability to not only just manage the pain, but to dwell in peace. It's like the eye of a hurricane. A hurricane can move, but in the middle of that eye, there's blue sky, there's peace, there's stillness. We have that inside of us. It's useful to athletes because you're performing at your highest level. You can do all the training you want, but your mind can trip you up or it can make things better. I work with student athletes, specifically this year working with Boston College men's soccer team. And once again, there's no efforting here. The idea is just to gently, with ease and grace, just remembering the belly, remembering the breath. Training for them to be more mindful, to live more in the moment teaching them how to not be distracted. You get a certain thing and that can motivate you. Now you can have conviction. You have an experience of, okay, this works. When you hear people talk about flow of being in the zone, that's when you're just flowing with things as they are. You don't have to make things happen. They're just happening. There's no you there. There's no self-consciousness. Time and space is altered and Everything is effortless. We all have a spark of divinity or a masterpiece inside us. And that if we're willing to chip away to allow it to reveal itself and share it with others, that would make things so much better. My mission in life is to release the divine spark in each and every human being. Wow. That right there uh, was George Mumford. He, in fact, is a mindfulness and meditation coach, uh, as you heard there. Um, Somebody who uh, didn't really believe in it, didn't go into it as something, oh, mindfulness, meditation, wow. He needed something. He was in pain. He was introduced there by Ariana Huffington. Uh, somebody, you know, another mega successful person who also believes in the practice as well. Incredible words. George Mumford um, works with the likes of Michael Jordan and many other elite athletes. Um, what did you think about what he said there, Dr. Nikita? Um, listening to him speak just reminded me of the beauty of mindfulness, actually. It was quite poetic the way they, he was describing it. Um, sorry, not just mindfulness, but meditation in general. Um, and I was thinking about how when you practice meditation uh, regularly, 
Yes, you feel in that in that amazing state whilst you're practicing, once you get used to it. Um, but that state of calm and tranquility and peacefulness, the more you develop your practice, it can really turn in and develop into a state of um, just beauty. You know, when you really connect with yourself, your inner world and your present and that present moment, it can feel really, um, hmm, I almost can't find the words to describe it. It can feel like a profound state of nourishment. It feels like you're nourishing your body with Spiritual your breath. Spiritual nourishment. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he talked about that. He was, you know, like we've all got something inside us. Yes. It's something, there's something beyond, you yes. know, all of the, the, the numbers and uh, on the page. Mm-hmm. What's going on inside you yeah. is something that only each one of us can actually tune into ourselves, exactly. right? Yes, exactly. And that's, meditation helps you find that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to us about how each one of us can kind of do this yes. on a daily basis. How can we incorporate meditation into our lives? Yes, there are many ways we can incorporate uh, meditation. And I think the first thing to do is if you decide that you want to start a meditation practice is really think about how, when and where. So are you going to do guided meditations? Do you want to do a non-directive meditation? Do you feel that you need a teacher or do you feel that an app will be enough for you? Mm. When in your life is it realistic for you to actually make time to practice meditation? Because most people say either early in the morning, first thing when they wake up or before bed or whatever it is. Yes. Uh, Do you have to meditate at certain times of the day? So I think... there's a bit of a myth around you have to meditate in the morning to be able to feel the benefits in the day and you have to meditate at night to be able to have a good sleep and neither of these things are are exactly true i think the reason people recommend meditating in the morning or the evening is because this seems to be the place where people can find an extra five or ten minutes or twenty minutes in their day but in reality you can feel the benefits of meditating from any point of the day, any time that you have. Some people choose the morning, some people might meditate on their lunch break at work. Some people might meditate in the car before they're picking the kids up from school. Some people meditate as a family after dinner and some people prefer to meditate at nighttime before they go to sleep. Whenever you do it is fine, you're still gonna feel the benefits. What's more important is that you have a regular practice. So regularly, and is there like a minimum time that you need to be meditating for or? No, I think you can meditate for one minute. You know, if, really? it's, if, if you're starting out as a beginner and actually you find it quite difficult, your aim will be to just be able to meditate for one minute to start with. And once you're able to sit there and be present and have your eyes closed and, you know, sit comfortably for one minute without moving, without opening your eyes, then you can try two minutes. And that's the thing. It, it is a daily thing and it's like a a muscle that you have to strengthen exactly you're kind of building up to you know all of the benefits that we've been hearing about yeah yeah definitely just like with physical exercise the more we train our body the easier it becomes with meditation is exactly the same it's a muscle so the more we train it the more we practice the the more the easier it becomes and the more benefits we have from meditation try it for some time and see how it goes and if it doesn't work for you try a different type of meditation exactly yeah that's the other beauty in it there's so many different styles out there you can find one that resonates with you and that works for you and there was something in that clip about the moment that you realize it's working and I for me personally I felt like there was that kind of turning point where oh actually I am noticing the benefits of this and this does feel great and in that moment it really motivates you to to practice more and it really motivates you to to lengthen your practice as well so I try to meditate for 20 minutes a day if I can sometimes it doesn't always happen you know because life (laughs) but yeah 
I started from five minutes and then gradually worked my way up five to 10 to 15 to 20. Now on a really good day, I can meditate for half an hour. On a bad day, maybe five minutes, but still it's something. You still get get it in yeah. you know, no matter what, which is important. It's very interesting. Just uh, in the news uh, today, uh, we're hearing that um, in, uh, there's a study that's been conducted uh, which revealed that uh, there can be an amazing drop in pain levels amongst women with diabetic neuropathy, which is nerve damage, which can leave sufferers in agony after they begin meditating. It's amazing. All of the different ways that mm-hmm. meditation can actually help people, whether it's reducing pain, mm-hmm. increasing creativity, yeah. um, performance. It, it is quite fantastic. And mm-hmm. I think this will probably be the first of other shows about yes. meditation and the different ways yeah. going kind of deep into how it can actually um, enhance our lives because it can just do it in so many different ways and I think I have to try it now properly yes. <laughs> <laughs> put it put it put the, the past experiences away yes. and try it once again but I want to thank you so much Dr. Nikita O'Leary of the Lighthouse Arabia it's a fascinating discussion thank you yes my pleasure thank you fantastic more to come on Life Beats in the second hour this is Pulse 95 Tune in live every weekday from 10am.